So, Jared, we've been twins for, what, 41 years now? <laughs> it's, it's as near as I can tell, yes. <laughs> that was a little bit of a joke, Doesn't obviously. really include the nine months you were sitting on my head, but... <laughs> That's a true story, by the way. You know, Jared and I are interesting business partners because we really have different, different skill sets. Uh, I would consider myself very right-brained. And I love music, and I love guitars, and I love, I'm love i very expressive, and I, I just really like to visit with people. And, and Jared has a lot of those crossover skills. But Jared's very analytical, which has blessed our business, because I am not in any sense of the imagination. Uh, Jared, if I mean, if, if there's a reason to create a spreadsheet, it's a good day for Jared. I love spreadsheets. And I... I don't even know if I could, I don't think I even have Excel spreadsheets on my computer. I wouldn't even know what to do. I remember uh, the one semester that I took in college, we took a computer class together. We did. We were in that same class. <laughs> and they were trying to teach us to use Excel, if I recall. And I just didn't ever pick it up. Yeah. And you use it on a daily basis. And so people come to us and, and they want uh, real estate investment advice. And I, I, can give, I can give them a lot of really great advice. But if you want to see the numbers, if you're one of those kinds of people that just demands to see the raw data and the spreadsheets and all that stuff, which I find just torturous, to be honest with you, totally important. But I just don't, I just don't go down that path with yeah. investors. But investors need that information, so that's where Jared comes into play. Jared had an interesting conversation with one of our clients. You know, we. but just to back up, you are a gut investor. I mean, you look at a property and you see potential, you see the vision. Yeah. You know, 30 seconds, you know if this could be a, you know. So, so then I get around to looking at the numbers and a lot of times those numbers have talked us out of making investments. And I wonder if I've talked us out of making some really great investments with my dang analytical well, skills. So and, I and think you have. Yeah, I and have. And I have gotten us into a couple of investments maybe we shouldn't have gotten into but yeah. but uh, but that's powerful the skill sets that you and yeah, I have we complement each other yeah so which brings us to today's uh, conversation about uh, uh, you know about using some spreadsheets to right. analyze some scenarios some situations yeah. well that's what you know you need to do in real estate investing you need to project out this investment whether that's two years or five years or ten years or maybe just a even longer than that. Uh, honestly, we are such proponents of buying a great property and keeping it for the long Absolutely. haul and some of those properties. So anyway, you had a very interesting meeting with a client that I don't know very well, but I, apparently you know quite well. Uh, we're managing a property for him. He's referred to us a couple of years ago. Um, but uh, he had some questions. Take it away. I'd love to hear more about I should have sat in on this because I would have probably learned something. Well, I, I mean, I've had this same conversation with a lot of different clients, but this one was a little bit unique because this gentleman is seven years old and uh, you know he's been watching YouTube videos about real estate investing Good for him. And so he came in with some questions and they were good thoughtful questions but it's kind of gotten him excited about yeah. uh, maybe picking up a couple more properties. Yeah. Again, he's 71 years old. He actually is still working. He's not in a position yet to retire, which is somewhat unfortunate. But he thinks that maybe picking up a couple more properties is going to help him get to the retirement that he wants quicker. Yeah. And so that's part of what our discussion was that day. And um, he did buy a home a number of years ago. And honestly, I think he bought it for his kids because when we took over management, they had kind of trashed it. Uh-huh. And so he had just fixed it up, turned it over to us to manage and really 
run it as a business and actually yeah. make him some money. So he's yeah. been very happy with the cash flow that he's received on that. Now, he's actually paid this home off. And so he's like, how can I get into real estate investing? I don't have a lot of money. I'm not making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, the key is the equity that you have in this home uh, down in Provo. And so we discussed some different strategies with that. And I said, well, listen, this takes a little bit more thought, a little bit more of an analysis than I can do in my head. Mm-hmm. Thus, the spreadsheets, which you need to, you know, <laughs> learn I to use. A, I should take a course. Huh? Well, you can, that's you why can teach me. That's, yeah, that I'll would teach be you. That would be an interesting month. Uh, you'd be a terrible student. I would be. Uh, anyway, so, you know, I've done this analysis for other people in other situations before, but I thought it would be worth sharing with maybe some of our listeners because they may not have a home paid off, but they may have some pretty significant equity in either their primary residence or uh, an investment property that they own that has just appreciated in value. Yeah. Well, I see a lot of numbers uh, on the papers before you, Jared. So is this going to get real boring? Or no, you gonna... I'm not going <laughs> to go through the numbers that detailed. <laughs> okay. Uh, it would be nice maybe to do a screenshot or something like that of this spreadsheet. Okay. Uh, now, we're not really big into leveraging properties. I think no. there's some real risk in that, but there's sure. some real power in it. And leverage is one of the main reasons and principles behind investing in real well, estate. And leverage is an interesting topic because, I mean, you know, you could leverage thing to 95%. Uh, you wouldn't want to do that to a property. So I think it's not it's not terrible to leverage a property to 50% or uh, maybe 25% yeah. or, or whatever. I mean, you know, leaving a good chunk of equity is important. But, yeah, you and I have never really just sucked every dollar out of a property that we... Yeah, we could in order to make another investment. Yeah. Well, and that's what I did in his case. So so let me just break down a few numbers. I'm not going to go, you know, too deep into the into the weeds here with this. But just the basics here. His home's worth $300,000. I did a CMA on it, poll yeah. comps, very conservatively, $300,000. Mm-hmm. No mortgage on it. Yeah. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, he could probably pull out enough to maybe buy three homes. But I set it up to where he bought two more homes yeah. and got a loan on that home in Provo for $150,000. So that's about a a 50% LTV. I think that's very conservative. Mm -hmm. And if the market goes down, that gives plenty of room for a cushion for a buffer. Now, currently, he has uh, obviously an equity position of $300,000. His cash flow per month after expenses, that's management fees, taxes, insurance, is about $1,245 a month. So that's a nice little income for him, especially going into retirement. That, coincidentally, is about what he's going to receive in Social Security. Mm. Okay. And so that will be very helpful. If he takes that $150,000 out... And uh, he would then receive about four hundred eighty-five dollars a month on that cash flow, so it goes from twelve forty-five to four eighty-five. Yeah. He rolls uh, the hundred fifty thousand dollars cash out from that refinance into two properties that are both purchase price about three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So he would finance those at eighty percent, and he'd have loans about two hundred forty grand. Bottom line, his cash flow would be about one hundred and seventy-three dollars on each of those properties. We're not the best cash flowing market, but cash flowing cash flows, especially you know, for a lot of our clients and for us, have certainly gone up. So, $173 a month. So, if he does that, then when all the dust settles from buying those homes, he'll be in an equity position of actually a little bit less 
than what he's at now because there are some right. trans- transactional costs. Mm-hmm. And his cash flow would have gone from twelve forty five a month to a total cash flow of only eight hundred thirty one dollars a month. Yeah, that's interesting. That doesn't look very good. No. Right? It doesn't sound like that's a really a, 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 the right move for him. Mm-hmm. Now, he's 71 years old. He doesn't have a lot of time on the horizon. I mean, he's still going to be around for a while. But, you know, somebody at 71 is going to have a different strategy than we're going to Absolutely. have at age 41. Yeah. So I wanted to do a five-year projection on this. And it's it then becomes more clear that this could potentially be a really good move for him. Because if you assume an appreciation rate of 5%, which I didn't want to go higher than that. We've had much yeah, higher than that much last higher few than years. That. Sure. And we assume that rents are going to increase about 4% a year. Which they have. Then it really looks very interesting. In fact, even after one year, the total value of his portfolio when he bought those properties is 900000 after one year, it's nine hundred forty-five thousand. Just on the appreciation. Just on the appreciation of his portfolio. Year three, he goes to a million forty-one thousand eight hundred sixty-three dollars. And year five, he goes to one point one, almost it's a million one hundred forty-eight thousand dollars. So yeah. some really great appreciation on his real estate portfolio. Yeah. Now. Doesn't really matter what your portfolio is worth. It looks so. I calculated out. Okay, if you look at the tenant paying down his mortgage right. balances, mm-hmm. so I calculated that in and all of his other expenses, he will have an equity position at five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, three hundred ninety-eight uh, after year five. Yeah. If he did nothing and just kept that home at three hundred thousand, then he'd be at three hundred eighty-two thousand. Mm-hmm. So there's a pretty good difference. That's almost two hundred thousand dollars in equity that he would generate just by leveraging that property. So that's what it boils down to. $200,000 more in equity that he's created for himself on three properties. And then what was the cash flow? The cash flow would be, if he did nothing, it'd be $1,544 at year five. In year five, five, if he does buy the homes, it'd be $1,812. So you're looking at just shy of $300. And uh, that's nice. I mean, again, this is money that you're generating out of leverage. But the portfolio increases, which is is very exciting, $200,000. Well, yeah, that's a really interesting analysis. I I mean, there is a third option for a gentleman that's 71 years old, uh, and that is uh, maybe you sell that property free and clear, and maybe you take a hit in the taxes. But... Man, you can sure have a lot of fun with what's left over, which would be, which yeah. would be a lot of money. So it really just depends. If you, I mean, if you knew you were dying in two or three years, then you could uh, <laughs> you could really amp up your uh, living but, standard. But. You know, and that's really tempting to do, and you deserve it if you've if you've sure. uh, if you've achieved that. A home free and clear is nothing to scoff at. That's a wonderful uh, thing to have. Some people really want to leave a, a bit of a legacy. Yeah. And so even though you're 71, you say to yourself, I could leave my kids one property or I could uh, get them well on their way to owning three properties free and clear. And that is pretty exciting, too. Yeah, we talked about uh, his legacy and we talked about some principles like stepped up appreciation. Right. And, uh, you know, a great way to transfer wealth generationally is through real estate. And so this would be a plan that would actually help him to create a better legacy for his uh, kids yeah. and grandkids. So kind of an interesting analysis. Again, it's not news to you and I because we've, we've done this 
analysis for other people, but right. I thought it would be interesting if somebody yeah. out there has a lot of equity in their home. And if you do, we can help you place that equity into a solid investment, right. help you increase your net worth, increase your cash flow, and help you to achieve some of the goals that you may have set, yeah. uh, whether that be early retirement, uh, travel, uh, less uh, financial stress, etc. So you know, give us a call, contact us. We'll take you through that same analysis on your individual situation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, we're talking about somebody that has a rental property and, and, and you may not have a rental property. We could do this with your your primary residence if you wanted to. I, I kind of like the scenario where you do it with a rental property, yeah. uh, uh, which I think is important. Um, but that's food for thought. When you're in your 60s or 70s, should you be leveraging properties and, and aggressively investing in real estate? That's entirely up to you. If you're in your 30s and 40s and have a rental property that has a tremendous amount of equity, should you be leveraging it? I, I'm probably going to strongly encourage you to, to take a it's look at it. It's probably a risk uh, worth taking. Yeah, so, absolutely. Again, we want to evo- help you evaluate and analyze your own individual situation. but. Yeah. Uh, Leverage is a very powerful principle. So hope you found that helpful. If you did, um, give us a like. Uh, If you've got questions, again, contact us. You bet. Thank you.